Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Return of Ritual podcast. I am your host, Amber Winston. And for those of you who have been listening to this for a while, I am very honored to introduce you to our guest today. If you've heard me speak about in past episodes the tragic house flood of 2017, um, you will definitely be familiar with who we're going to be interviewing today. Um, he's a dear uh, friend, somebody I've gotten to know over the years, definitely somebody I look up to and am just so enamored by his natural spiritual gifts. So I can't wait to um, dive into how those unfolded for him in his life and how he's using them to help so many people around the globe. Uh, today's guest is Mahesh Gordhan. Welcome, Mahesh. Thank you. I'm really honored to be here. I'm so happy to have you. And I know you're in, are you in London? Yes, I'm in London, um, in Euston. Um, I was living in Glastonbury for a year and I've just come back to London. I'm operating from here for a period of time. Not sure how long, but it's it, enjoying the moment. That's yeah, what definitely. And it's been such an interesting year with, with the, the pandemic. You know, we've kind of been I feel like people have been moved around a little bit and yeah. coming back to kind of their roots seems to be what's what's happening. Um, so it's so nice to have you join us all the way from across the pond. Uh, Mahesh, I always like to ask my, my guests the first question because I'm just naturally curious. What is yeah. your zodiac sign? It's a Virgo. So generally I'm kind of tidy, um, quite organized. Um, well, I try to be, um, that's why I put it. And then, um, so, and I tend to be quite methodical in what I do. And that, that comes out in my work too, um, or I call it my fun rather than my work because that's how I see it these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, um, I feel like my, I have a close couple of Virgo friends, and they are they're very, um, you know, I always ask them for advice because I feel like they're very methodical and logical with their thinking, and like they can articulate that in such a tangible way. Um, mm. I don't have, I don't think I have any Virgo in my chart. So I always really admire and learn from, from Virgos. Um, so that's great. Okay. So for those of you who are not familiar with Mahesh, um, certainly he is a force to be reckoned with. So I would like to just introduce you to him by reading you a little bit of his bio um, so that you can understand kind of what he's all about. So he's really here to assist others in providing insights to issues um, a person, you know, you or anybody that you know may be facing by utilizing his psychic and clairvoyance abilities together with his counseling skills. So the guidance that he provides may take many forms, such as insight, understanding, and then solutions tailored to an individual's need. The object of the consultation uh, with Mahesh would really be to provide a person with the knowledge and tools to approach life in a free and empowered way thereby overcoming any sort of limitations that you may be facing. Mahesh can provide individuals with a specific holistic development plan so they can really make changes in their life. Uh, he believes that every individual is truly unique and this calls for a unique solution also. His ability to communicate with the spirit realm enables him to assist others in such a unique way that can result in an unusual and profound change. This can cover things such as psychic attacks and psychic trauma, to name a few. Wow. Uh, I can certainly attest to Mahesh coming into my life at a very pivotal turning point and 
being just that for me and my family. Um, his ability to communicate with the spirit world and to open my eyes up into my ability to do the same was truly transformational. So Mahesh, I, again, I'm just so honored to have you and this bio is just fantastic. So I have to ask first question, were you born with these gifts? How did they come online for you? You know, you're communicating with the spirit realm. Like, let's talk about that. Okay, so um, I was born with it, but what I've found is that people develop it over a number of lifetimes. It's not something that, you know, it's only because I've had it in past lives and I've developed it. So to me, a lot of people have it anyway, and they just don't know, and it may be closed. In my case, trauma closed the ability. Um, and I went through two marriages. And I knew there was something wrong. When I say wrong, I was doing things which just, just didn't seem right to me. And so I went and did a uh, regression therapy. I did ordinary therapy, didn't make a difference. So I did some regression therapy and out came this trauma that I didn't know that I had as a child. It wasn't trauma on me, but it's trauma on people in my family, but it felt very like me. And within, you know, I was in a corporate job traveling the world and I didn't know anything about this ability. And within a month of, uh, did a few regression sessions and within a month, I started to know things. And I wondered how I knew things. And it, I'd come out and say weird things. Like there was a guy at my work working for me. And I said to him, oh, your wife's got beautiful teeth. And he, she, he goes, she has, but how do you know that? And I had no idea. It was kind of crazy. And, um, but a clairvoyant a month, I'd met a clairvoyant at my sister's place a month earlier. He sat me down for two and, two and a half hours and said all this stuff. I didn't believe anything really, but he talked about the spirit guide and um, basically he described her and it had been what I call a ghost that I'd seen in the middle of the night 10 years earlier. And it freaked me out. And he said, don't be scared of her. She, you actually know her. And I go, what? And he said, she was in your class when you were 12 and she died of drowning. I knew straight away it was this girl, Margaret. So on the 8th of March, 2008, um, I was feeling down a bit and, you know, a month had gone and I sort of knowing these things. And I said, look, Margaret, if you're there, show me a sign. And I had this halogen lamp by my bed and it made a big circle on the wall. And she, like a shadow, she came through. And I, I, I went, my heart raced a bit and I said, hang on, calm down. She's here to help me. So I told her, you know, I'm not feeling well. Can you help? And she like came into, I don't know what she did. She came into me, but instantly I felt much better. And I went to sleep that night. Next morning I woke up and she was standing there in the lounge. And we started this telepathic communication. And that's the start of my journey. And it was quite profound because I, my girlfriend at the time, I started to see things for her. And I knew nothing about this stuff. I had zero in information, zero understanding. But she had a bit more and she gave me a book written by Dr. Brian Weiss and it's called Many Masters, Many Lives. And in the first week I started reading it and we we're going into the movie theater. She just gave it to me just before going to the movie theater. And I was reading it quickly and I got up to about page 20, just waiting for half an hour to go to the movie theater. And I could look up and I could see people's past lives. It was just mind blowing. Yeah, it was just like, it was an overnight amazing thing. And um, yeah, so I, I, my guide said to me, resign from your job within a few weeks of getting it. And I'm going, what? And I, I did. Uh, over the weekend, I decided on Monday, I wrote my resignation letter. They told me on the Saturday, I wrote my resignation letter on the Sunday, and I handed it in to my boss on the Monday. He couldn't believe it. He, he said, no, I'm not going to take this. And he said, look, I'll give you two weeks. Re just think about it. And I went back two days later and said, look, I'm not going to change. 
I need to understand, you know, so I did resign and I went back to New Zealand because I'm originally from New Zealand. And um, I went to these development circles and I started to learn about the ability, but it, it clearly became obvious that I had so much more insight than the average person I met. You know, you go to these development circles, you meet other psychics and that, and seeing past lives and all that. So I, I went, I got a job within six months of uh, earning more money than I was earning at Vodafone, three one year contract in Fiji idyllic place and I started to develop myself I did yoga and meditation and that really stabilized me and provided me a platform to go further and that was exciting it was it was you know I was earning more money learning so much about the universe the world everything um, yeah and in that first year I everything that needed to happen happened like I got the right challenges I had a lot of courage in me that helped um, because if you don't have courage you won't experience and knowing that you've always got the support, the universe is, you're not alone. Even, you know, I had so many messages that I'm not alone. There are people with me, spirits, whatever you want to call them, there's lots of stuff out there. So I've gone on to have massive experiences, um, even rooting out all the courage. I met a tiger in the jungles of India. That was really my fear challenge. And it was kind of pretty scary uh, event, uh, meeting a wild tiger in, in, on the edge of a jungle, but you know, I survived and it was okay. And um, so there's been loads of experiences that I've had, and that's developed me into where I am now. Um, I went on to, you know, even during the process, I went to the London College of Psychic Studies, and I, I did one course, and I thought, I know all this stuff. And it was just always there for me. So it was quite profound. So that was the start. And it's, it carries on, and it's developing. And I, I went on to teach people this ability. Um, because I came, again, I was a Virgo, very methodical, and I wanted to do things in a methodical way. And so that's what I started doing, uh, teaching it uh, back in 2012, set up the London College of uh, Spirituality and started teaching it. It's not sort of something that you do on an underground level because there's not a, lot of, not a lot of conscious awareness of it. But the right people come to the classes, and I've taught hundreds of people wow. and helped other people and, and things like that. It's As long as you have an open mind, you can deal with anything. That's why I look at things. And some of it's crazy. Some of it, I say it's crazy. Um, like I've got a 22-year-old autistic, uh, the mother came to me and she's got a 22-year-old autistic girl. She's been non-verbal for 20 years and just been open to understanding her and the way she operates. You know, within a couple of months, she's talking and she hadn't spoken for 20 years. And just things like, why does she go to her bedroom and we in her bedroom? And what is it? why didn't she go to the toilet? But I said, before she goes to her bedroom, she's watching TV. And she goes, yes. So she's absorbing all the emotions from the TV, goes to bedrooms, the emotions overwhelm her, and you release it in your week. And that, that's what she's doing. So as soon as we learned how to overcome that, um, we used obsidian crystal, put under a mattress while she lies down, releases all the energy, stopped weeing. Things, simple things like that, all these sorts of things. And as long as you have an open mind, you can mm -hmm. find solutions, really good solutions. And that's what mm -hmm. I've done. Yeah. Okay, so this is amazing. So the, the first thing that I want to talk about that you said was when you had the apparition or when you first saw Margaret, your yeah. spirit guide, uh, and you said your heart started racing, right? So how, <laughs> for those of you who are gifted, who might be listening to this with, with the ability to see the spirits, uh, how how does that not become frightening? Because I feel like so many people maybe who have had maybe a ghost experience or have seen something, 
they're, you're right. Their blood pressure rises. They freak out. They're like, oh my goodness. How, how would you suggest somebody who has had those sorts of experiences um, and want to cultivate them? How, what do you say to somebody like that, that, that you can calm yourself down and like connect with them and um, talk about that a little bit? So, so, so I teach a lot of people and a lot of people can hear them but they don't want to see them. It's like, you know, when you're watching a scary movie when you're a child, you block your eyes, you can hear it, but you don't want to see it. And so for me, I had to actually, I wanted, I didn't, part of me wanted to see it, believe it, even though I'd seen it years earlier, but it was overcoming the fear and the fear is sitting in your subconscious. Mm. And so what I do with people is I get them to do something that is going to build courage in them because you've got negative, which is your fear, and you've got to create a positive to dilute, to, to get rid of the fear. If you go into fear, it grows and it just becomes greater. So I usually, I mean, one of my programs, I, I tell people to take cold showers. Cold showers is a way of subconsciously dealing with your fears. Even challenging yourself, go on, you know, a bungee jump or something like that. Something that is going to overcome your fears. And that will help you see when you're ready to see. Um, you know, I my cousin was the only spirit that I couldn't dig into. When I got my ability... My cousin died when I was 10 uh, of a brain aneurysm. Now, I can communicate with any spirit. And even if the spirit's being reincarnated, I know that they're being reincarnated, where they've gone, where they're living in the reincarnation, what they're doing and all that. That's easy enough for me to, to track. But my cousin was the only one I couldn't. And spirit is there for you. So I knew this. So I realized it's me that was blocking it, not spirit. So I did, didn't understand at the time why I was blocking it. But years later, I, I was watching a TV program. And then I realized I didn't want to see him. And why didn't I want to see him? And it was because I hadn't actually dealt with the pain of his death because I was only 10 years old. And then when I went into the pain, I bawled my eyes out. And he, then, you know, half an hour later, I'm sitting there and I call him and he's sitting and he said, look, every time you called me, I came, but you couldn't see me because your pain was blocking it. So it's a negative energy that blocks their energy because remember they're in a higher vibration and they're trying to get down to you. But if you're blocking it, they're not going to get in. So for people who are wanting to develop it, it's really getting over their fears. Now they may not even be conscious like of it. Like I wasn't with my cousin. So it's just having that courage to get through it and be open to it and say, because the courage is a fear experience. Um, you're overcoming a fear experience of the past. You know, a lot of us as children, five, six, seven-year-olds, we have experiences with spirit, but we block them because of something. It may be our parents' fear or maybe our own fear, you know, not being able to expand, understand them. And Yeah, so it's just getting through that. Um, and I, I do a fair bit of regression work now with people to help them create some positive, because we've all got positive stuff in our childhood and things like that, bring those forward and help them overwrite the negative aspects. That's the way I work. I... Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, we talk about the Claire's, right? There's the clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, claircognizant. Uh, I, I personally have never been one to see things like in, in this form. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because I'm frightened. I'm like deathly frightened to like see that. But I, when I think about my childhood, I remember always knowing, having the inner knowing and the inner feeling and and a little bit of the clear audience, like the hearing. I remember being in my bedroom, probably it was like maybe 10 years old, just playing by myself. And I started to hear like garbled, almost like somebody was changing the radio station. Yeah. 
you know, like the old dials and you'd switch like in between, yeah. you could pick up on different um, radio programs. It was almost like I was hearing that and then clear voices coming in. And I, I remember being so confused by that and being like, what is that? And, and it kind of similarly frightened me um, in a sense, but the, the inner knowing, the feeling like that has definitely always been yeah. online for so, me. So you're blocking out some of it at a subconscious level because of fear. And, yeah. and as you say, sight is a common one that people don't see. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember teaching a girl um, and she was Spanish and she was in her 50s, actually. I say a girl, but she was in her 50s and like she had zero ability now she came to my one of my first workshops and um, she practiced what I told her meditation, all this sort of stuff. Within a month, she got her first message. It was a simple message, but it was effective and what she needed. It took her two years before she could see spirit. Now that's my worst case scenario. So, <laughs> so for me, anybody can see spirit if they're willing to put the, the time and the effort into it. Um, and they exist in another dimension. I don't see Margaret, like I used to, um, I used to see her like I could see you. And we used to go shopping together. I learned a lot of good recipes through her. It's amazing <laughs> some of the stuff that I learned. But yeah, and so I see spirit now in my mind's eye. And I know they're around me. I feel them. I hear them. I mean, it's easy. I, they're like people in my life all the time. I don't differentiate between spirit and people because to me, they're the same. It's just a person has a form where spirit doesn't have that form. It's got a form, but it's in a different dimension. And that's why I see things. Yeah. So it's so fascinating to me. And I, I remember my brother, he's four years younger than me. And I remember him going on a, a backpacking trip actually to London. And it was kind of his like coming of age trip. It was his first trip by himself. And he was staying in all the hostels in London and one particular hostel, I think near Camden, it was underground. So you would walk yeah. along the street level and you'd go down into this, this hostel. And it was a big room, you know, 12 beds, lots of people in there. And, um, you know, he was having that experience and he remembers um, laying in the cot. I think he was on the top bunk yeah. and having a older woman, like a grandmother figure come to him, like as he's sleeping, like from above, like coming down onto his face. Yeah. And and it scared the bejesus out of him. And yeah. he tells that story. And I'm like, Brad, you are seeing spirits. Like yeah. you should, you should keep going with this. But he's had traumatic experiences, you know, from when he was a young boy, people come flying into the room and, and frightening him. And so what would you say for anybody with children? Because we know that children tend to be more open to seeing and experiencing these things. Um, but again, it can be that frightening thing. And I know you've covered that we can overcome our fears by doing things that are challenging. What would you advise uh, for parents who have children who want to kind of keep these gifts alive? What would you say say to them? So, so the first thing is to accept anything the child has. Um, I, I deal with a lot of children. I, I have parents coming to me because it's a, a great buying network out there that people will end up contacting me. And it's easy enough for me to see what the child is going through because I see through their eyes. I have the ability to infuse my energy and see through. But for parents, they don't always have that ability. So just have an open mind to what the child and just explore it. You've got nothing to lose. Usually what happens is that the parents' fears get involved and they don't even understand. Um, one particular case, um, a mother that... I've known her for a while. She rang me and said that her 14-year-old son had been issues at school. 
And I said, look, let me pop around. And I pop around. And I knew that there was more than the, just the issues because he's been bullied at school. And mm -hmm. I said, well, why, why you get bullied is because you are empathic and you, you put yourself in a, a situation where you will get bullied without realizing, not consciously, but subconsciously. And I, I went around there and she, he lived in the loft and on the, the second story. And that's where his bedroom is. But he never sleeps there. He doesn't really want to sleep there. I knew there was something going on. So I went up and said, let's go up to your room. So I took him upstairs and I sat on the bed and I said, you can see him too. And he looked at me and goes, what? And he said, yeah, can you see him? And I said, yes, I can see him. There was another spirit boy in the bedroom in the corner. And mm. we, and I took, I gave him, I gave him the inside of all what was going on and we cleared the spirit boy up. But the thing is to educate the mother. And I told the mother and I said, so why haven't you been able to tell you? Because she would never accept it. She wouldn't understand. And it's usually the parents need to open up their constructs, their minds to what's going on. And children are, children are generally happy. If they're crying and there's no discernible understanding of it, look beyond the normal realities. Um, and sometimes it's hard. It is hard. Like a friend of mine, she came home, um, or she's got a one-year-old and dropped him off at the daycare on the first time. She came home and he said, oh, he won't let go of me. He's holding on to me. He obviously missed me or um you know first day at daycare and i said i tuned i said he didn't actually miss you and she goes what and i said well that's your assumption he you actually dropped him off at daycare on the first day they really put you know look after him they hold him they make him feel comfortable he loved it mm. so when he comes home he wants more of the same he wants you to hold on to him and all that because that's what he had to do today and she goes oh wow i would have never realized it and so we have to be careful in the assumptions we make. We have to have a real open mind to some of the stuff. Mm. And, and, you know, I deal with lots of things, demons and things like that. And demons don't frighten me, but people do get scared of demons. But demons are just humans which have had a bad experience at death, a real bad experience, which has made them demonized. And that's what they go around doing. But if you can overcome your own fears and approach them, they can't touch you. And I, I convert them to the light. Because they just don't have the energy. I don't have fears in me, so they can't. If I did, then they would definitely get into me. Yeah, they could hurt yeah. me and like that. But they don't, I don't, so I deal with these sorts of things. So it's for the parents not to have any fear, to have an open mind, and be in that situation to allow it. Because you know, there's always support out there. You don't realize there. If you if you're going a difficulty, having a difficult understanding of something, ask around. You know, when we want to find a great flight or anything, we Google, right? For me, just go to Google and see what you can find. There's somebody out there that will help you. Um, and I have people reaching me from all over the world. Just, mm -hmm. I, I always say I'm sort of the person of last resort sometimes. <laughs> and because yeah. I've tried everything else, a normal, you know, especially on the medical front, my sister yeah. had cancer and I helped her with the cancer and all sorts of conditions where doctors can't help and they end up coming to me and saying, well, can you help me? I said, yeah, I can understand. The big thing is to understand why it's happening. Once you understand why, the, the, the establish a good prognosis, it falls out. The solution just falls out easily. Mm. Um, yeah. But no, it's, just open mind. So what, that's so great, too, for people who maybe have any health challenges and want to get more insights and understanding of the why. I can imagine that would be very um, comforting to have a little, a higher perspective or just a different perspective yeah. because that can be such a traumatic experience when you are navigating through the, 
the Western healthcare system and terrifying. I mean, yeah, I terrifying. When I first saw Margaret in the middle of the night, 10 years earlier, I was terrified. I was totally terrified. But now I can see spread everywhere. It's not terrifying at all. Okay, um, so I want to talk about that. So how, okay, so if you're in the movie theater like you had shared and you're seeing people's past lives just flickering in front of your mind's eye or however you're, you're seeing that, um, I can imagine you like walking through the airport and seeing a whole bunch of information. So talk to us a little bit about how how maybe you're using ritual or ceremony or how you're using some of your um, cleansing protocols. Like how do you keep your energy so, field sound? So one, so one of the things I had to learn is that this ability switched on literally overnight. So if I can switch it on, my logic was, well, I can switch it off. Okay. So I had to learn that to, the meditation and all that stuff, the yoga I did and all that helped me control myself better help me say, okay, I can switch it on, I can switch it off. So I don't read people. It, it's actually, going into people can be quite dangerous sometimes. I mean, I've taught people and they've walked out of my place, gone to the tube, tuned into somebody and something's come out of that person and into them and they've been in bed for a month, things like oh. that. So for me, it was actually saying, okay, I know you're, I don't want to read everybody. When a job comes up or when work comes up, I'll do it. Otherwise, I have so much of my own life to look after. I don't want to know about everybody else. There's a privacy issue. Mm -hmm. There's a morality issue to me, but also mm -hmm. it's a safety issue, a health issue. I don't want to tap into everything. And, and I do, I'm conscious that I absorb energies from people and I have to cleanse my own energy. Every so often I'll go through a process of cleansing myself. And it's something that has become, it's like having, okay, we go outside and get dirty. Okay, this is energetically dirty. So you're having a cleansing shower, cleansing thing. And that's what I do. I mean, I cleanse myself with sage every so often. It doesn't have to be all the time, but it has to be there as part of it. I mean, I carry around this uh, black obsidian disc here and it's a scrying disc, but it helps absorb away energy because I'm very empathic. And so it helps me absorb. So people developing themselves need some sort of rig, um, routine which cleanses their energies and all that sort of stuff. Um, otherwise, you know, if you, it's just like normal health. If you go outside and get dirty, you get germs and all that, if you don't shower in that, you're going to get infected. Same sort of thing. It's, it's a, just in a different dimension. That's yeah. all it is. It's simple. And I try and keep things simple also. Yeah. And, and that's what I found to be so helpful when we were having that house flood. And, and I love how you, so you basically said that your gifts turned on overnight, which means that you can turn them off. So you know how to exist in the, in the mm -hmm. 3D world. Um, but when you talk about things being very simple and accessible, that's really what I found when we were going through that house flood. And Mahesh says to me, you know, there are Native American spirits on the land here. They haven't been crossed over to the light. You're going to pass them to the light. And I thought he was insane. I was like, what do you mean? And then he writes me this protocol, but it was all very tangible. It was like, you need yeah, to drink logical. orange juice. You need to do this meditation with this specific sound frequency. Um, and I prepared, you know, for 15 days, followed that protocol, all again, very simple and attainable. And then I go to this fire ceremony to replicate a, a formal burial for these Native American spirits. And boom, I have a physical experience where I can sense and know that energy or spirit is moving through my body and going to the light. And that happened overnight. Yeah. And, and so when you say like, you can turn this on, which clearly happened, um, and then turn it off, you know, sometimes I wonder, well, I don't go around like just passing 
spirits to the light. But I think what's so beautiful in what you said was when clients come or when people come and need assistance, then you turn that kind of gift back on and you can help assist them in passing spirits to the light. Yeah. So, it, I mean, over the years, I've developed a few techniques that I like energy development. I call it energy development. So we're born, when we're born, the first thing we do is absorb things from our environment. We're absorbing constantly from our environment. So that's a subconscious pattern that we've developed. So you can change subconscious patterns by doing something for 20 days. And so the first thing is to stop you absorbing, develop a, a pattern to push out energy. So opening your crown chakra up at the top of your and pushing it out every direction, practicing that four times a day for three minutes every time over 20 days, your world will change because you're not absorbing things like that. You're going to push out really positive love energy and you'll find that the people that gravitate to you are going to be in that positive frame of mind also because you're attracting that. And that's what certain techniques that I've used. And I found also there was a technique that I was absorbing too much energy. So, so what I did is said, I'll only take a little bit and then I'll transmute the rest. So transmute it means that everything positive or anything negative also has a positive. We live in a world of duality. So, you know, so meeting somebody, I'd say, they'd tell me something and I'd say, okay, what's positive of that? And I would transmute it. So I practice it again. And, and that practice became subconscious. And so now I meet people, I take a tiny bit, straight away I know what I need to do. And that's the way I switch it on. A number of techniques that I did um, help me. And I would always go into why is this happening? Why, why am I feeling like this? What is going on? Um, you know, I had a friend of mine, a close friend uh, on the phone the other day and she'd resigned from her job. Now I got off the phone. Now I support her a lot. And I got off the phone. I felt really shitty. Mm. I thought she must be feeling shitty from resigning. That was my assumption. I rang her back and said, look, how do you feel? She goes, I feel fine. I'm glad I... Then I realized I'd actually tuned into her boss's energy that she, because he didn't want her to leave. So the secondary connection, and I've had that last week with somebody else too. So I have to be careful with secondary connections because primary connections are easy to resolve, but secondary connections are coming through also. Mm. So sometimes I have to explore the field a little bit further out to say what's going on and not, and have an open mind to what's going on. Um, interesting experiences from time to time it's outside the norms of reality anyway and yeah. that's yeah definitely not easy when it happens the first time but when you get used to it yeah definitely um amazing to think about like the secondary influences that makes me think you know those of us who are listening to this that feel very empathic um you know you're picking up things around you but then it could even be like two steps removed yeah. that you're kind of absorbing that as well um i've never really thought of that i always felt like it was a very direct like oh i picked up yeah, stuff no, but the thing is um amber we're all going through a shift in our energies and we're all increasing there are people that never had it awaken up and suddenly feel people who have got it are now going to higher levels of connectivity and you know i'm saying secondary but i there's no reason why it can't be you know everything at some stage you can feel everything so having yeah. that level of control or knowing that and managing it is important. Yeah. Yeah, you bring up something really interesting. And, you know, we are recording this at the end of 2020. Mm. Um, and obviously this year has been uh, a very intriguing year for many. 
what are you, so you, you said that we're all kind of experiencing this, this awakening, um, even those people who are, have been asleep, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you can share with us about maybe moving into 2021 and beyond things that we can? Okay. So, so um, a, lot of, a lot of news out there, a lot of fake news and all that sort of stuff. Whatever's happening is happening for the reason. Um, if we all rapidly opened up, I think we would all find it difficult. So in some ways, some of the things that are restricting us opening is are quite positive if you look at it from that perspective. Um, 2021 is going to be another massive year of change. I, I feel, and it's a feeling I have, that we'll have some seismic activity that will change the, planet, the face of this planet. Um, and you know, it's something that will happen uh, during 2021, but it'll set us off on a new course and it'll open up a lot more resources for people. That's what I feel. Because mm-hmm. you, you, if you change the way people's... Okay, so seismic activity. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, that's a feeling I have. I, don't, I mean, I'm, I say to people, I'm not God, but um, I just feel that, um, that something major is going to happen in 2021. I, I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday, and I feel like there's going to be three events that are going to happen over the year. Um, one's going to be reasonable, then it's going to be massive, then another reasonable event. And it's going to make people sit up and look and listen. And, and you know, there's two things going on. We're all shifting into a high vibration of love. And so you'll find that it will bring more people together from a community perspective. And that's what I feel is, because I don't feel that, you know, people in cities, you're going to find people are moving out of cities more into smaller communities because you don't need to be in cities. You can work from anywhere. I mean, I traveled Europe during October, November, during lockdown. I was working during that time. I was fine. It didn't matter. So those sorts of things will change the way uh, people view their lifestyle and the way they are. And that'll shift. Um, It's going to take a few years, but next year, I mean, this year was uh, a big shift. I mean, I was talking to my daughter and she, she said that, you know, she's had a chance to focus on herself. Right. And just accepting her life and being okay with it is shifting her out of stuff that she was, you know, in the dogma side of things. And, and it's been really good. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I don't mean this in like a doom and gloom way, like, oh, there's going to be seismic activity happening and shifts happening, but for people who are listening to this going like, Ooh, okay. We're listening to a psychic and he's feeling this way. And, um, what, you know, people obviously would probably jump to like, what can I do to prepare or what, what is it that I can do to help lift my, my vibration to a higher frequency of love? Uh, certainly I think, uh, for myself, those transitions are already in motion, right? Like those things are already happening. So my kind of experience would be just follow the breadcrumbs, like things are already organizing themselves and go through the motions to step into 2021. But for somebody who's listening to this that goes, ooh, like I, I totally feel that too, what, what Mahesh is saying. And, um, you know, I'm a little concerned. And of course, as humans, we want to do something, right? What so, would you say to that? So I like how you said follow the breadcrumbs because I think that's really crucial. If it's meant to affect you, it will affect you. If you're supposed to be free, you never know. The day before, you might go somewhere else so it doesn't affect you. Yours, at some level, your soul already knows this. There's not much you can really do about it. It's just enjoy what you're doing. Be positive about right now. Live the moment. You know, we're, 
looking ahead and whatever happens happens i don't know what's going to happen in totality i live the moment i want to be joyful you know <laughs> let's say something does happen to me in nine months at least i know the next nine months i'm going to be in as an absolute joy it doesn't matter so whatever happens just you know you can't even really prepare for something because you don't know where you're going to be what you're going to be doing it's ludicrous to think that you can control your environment you can't i mean the only thing you can do is how much you love yourself and the people around you and that's what mm. i would ask people to focus on mm. self-love is crucial in terms of anything that you do and because what you're doing self-love is you're projecting that out to others and that's what this world needs Mm. Oh, I love that. And it's almost like look out for your own welfare while you look out for others' welfare too. You know, it's mm. looking out for yourself and looking out for those that you love and care about. That's really beautiful. You touched on people don't need to live in cities. And, and I've felt, you know, a lot of the return of ritual work is helping people remember who they are, mm-hmm. why they're here, and kind of get them back on track to be doing whatever that is that they're agreements were when they came down into to exist in this world. Um, and a lot of that has been kind of reminding people that the way we used to live, right, which was ritual and ceremony was the heart of the community. We were in kind of a, a more communal living environment. What are your thoughts about that, about how maybe humans are going to be reorganizing or reshifting or kind of going back to the land? Um, do you sense that that's, that's gonna be happening more? Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like you're going to have small communities because one of the reasons why we came to the cities is for work. Now, if we can work remotely and we can work on the land and produce, you know, firstly, we're going to get away from mass production, right? So people are going to produce smaller volumes, but quality. The food is going to be organic. All these sorts of things are going to, because there's three parts of us, mind, body, spirit. So we don't need to learn as much if we're all not going to do, I mean, you know, how much of the world's population was based on finance and working in banking and all that. If some of those things go away, we don't need as many people doing that sort of stuff. And you have people working the land, producing great food and great, you know, um, and it'll substitute the quantity we need. We've got enough of it as it is anyway, but it's improving the quality of the food that we eat, the surroundings. So making that environment safer, less production, less mass production of energy and all those sorts of things and free energy is something that i'm working on will come up but these things so communities won't because when you lived in cities for work now if we if our work is more remote and a lot more people are doing things remotely a lot more people are going to end up saying well i don't actually need to live in the city i don't need to commute for half an hour i can work from home i can work in my small community and it will be self-sustaining i feel that that a lot of this is going to change over the next couple of years Mm. and people I mean, more and more people are aware of it. So more people are waking up and you're going to get people doing it on a trial basis. I mean, it's not a commune. It's a small city or more small town and it can provide everything it needs and doing it in that way. Um, And that's the difference when we look at it. Okay, so two questions kind of came through. One is ridiculous. And I, when I get these ridiculous things that pop into my mind, you know, of course I want to like censor them and go, why would you ask that question? That's not on topic. Um, but if I've learned anything from working with you and from um, really trusting my intuition, it's to just say it and ask it anyways. So two questions came in. One was about um, to ask you about the royal family. Okay. And two, the second question was about kind of population, like our population expansion and control. So 
Okay. okay, so the first thing is the royal family, I've known for years now, um, I think about four or five years ago, I was, I was uh, shifting from one place to another and I was driving past Buckingham Palace and I'm thinking, the royal family is not going to live in Buckingham Palace soon. And they're not, they've moved out, okay? And the, the, the Buckingham Palace would be a great place to set up a global organisation because everybody knows the Queen in the world. If it was based on humanity, not just humanity, but changing our world. So I feel that Buckingham Palace in the next couple of years will be owned or run or the centre of an organisation that is based on um, welfare for humanity. So bringing humanity into a positive way, welfare for the animals and welfare for the environment. And they, it's sort of like a central organisation that goes out to the world and, and tries to help countries shift their focus. They've got a remit and all that. And it's funded by a lot of large companies and organisations to help shift and positive individuals. Um, so the royal family is going to, well, they're already starting to release their reins. You know, we've got, um, you know, things happening in the royal family. People saying, well, I don't want to be royal anymore. I want to do my own mm -hmm. thing. More on that. And I feel like, for me, something that I've seen as an insight, we won't see Prince Charles come in for a, as king. We will see, um, uh, I can't remember all the names, his, grand, uh, his son come in for a short period of time. Okay. And that will be sort of like a token gesture. And the Queen will it'll make it done in a positive way, saying, well, we don't need to manage the world in this way. We're changing all that sort of stuff. That royal family will sh take that shift across and it'll just disappear. It'll be okay. Wow. So, so what's the next, what was the other question? Sorry, I missed the second question. No, thank you. Because that is very uh, hopeful. And the, the to think that there would be kind of a centralized place that are, that are at Buckingham Palace that could focus on these global issues um, really resolving around humanity brings me to kind of your vision, which I just want to read to people before we get to that second question, which was about population expansion and control. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you sent this to me before our call, Mahesh, and I just think that this is so in alignment with what you just shared about the royal family. It's your vision um, and so and your dream. And so I just want to read these to everybody because I found them so beautiful. The first one is that every child is taught what emotions are and how to manage them. Yeah. Every human being gets to experience unconditional love. Every animal is treated with the same respect as a human. I really like that one. And we look after our planet just like we would look after our best friend. Yeah. That's beautiful. So the population bit, I, I don't know if that dovetailed into, you know. Okay, so, so, you know, I think what we're going to see, and I don't know whether, I mean, I don't feel that the population is going to grow. I don't, I feel like if anything, COVID and all that, I don't see masses of people dying all at once. I think it's a gradual decline in our population, okay? You know, we've got 7 billion. You know, we'd be fine with one or 2 billion on this planet. It might be 20, 30 years, maybe even longer. I don't know. I, I, I don't have that level of insight. Um, but at the end of the day, I do feel population will decline. I just don't think it'll be a sudden decline. It'll be something that people want. I mean, you know, I talk to young people these days and they go, well, we don't really want to have children, but we'd love to adopt. And, you know, because there is a responsibility with children, the world's changing, people are more reluctant to say, oh, what I'm going to do and things like that. 
And mm. so there's those sorts of things that are coming out there. And, you know, we have had a massive increase in population, countries like China and India. Mm. As they become more developed, their populations, are, I mean, I think China's heading for a negative population soon. And other countries are going to go down that way where, and that's okay. That is okay. It's going to help people share and those sorts of things. So I don't see that as, it's something that it's going to take all of us to adjust um, at an emotional level and things like that. And it's going to happen slowly. It's not something that's going to happen dramatically. I don't feel, okay, for me, these, I talk about seismic activities. I don't feel it's about losing large chunks of population. Right. I think it's more about us refocusing on what we should be doing in our world and having that focus to say, let's change what we're doing. Mm. Let's look at things differently. And it's not about forcing people to have less children. I think that's something that will come within us and saying, yeah, yeah okay. Wow. Wow. And then what about, I always like to think about the average pessimist <laughs> listening to this and going, yeah, but, you know, corporations are really in charge here. And, you know, there's the top 1% or, you know, whatever people would say that are kind of in disbelief or doubt that this future that you're um, dreaming into being is possible. And so what would we say to those you know, lovely pessimists that I love so much, but that, and even part of myself, right? The skeptic, the natural skeptic, um, you know, what would be something that we would say okay. to them? So, so when you have a lot of these activities that have happened like COVID and things like that, yes, you can see this, the skeptic saying X, Y, Z, but you at, all of us have some level of love within us. I just feel that that part will grow because I don't know if you know about the Schumann resonances that already the Schumann resonances are Earth's frequency. Now it's been static for thousands of years. Over the last couple of years, they've gone up and you'll, you can Google the Schumann resonances and that's the Earth's frequency. Now the Earth's frequency is going up and up and up and up. And scientists at the beginning of this year at a symposium came out and said, Yes, we recognize that human consciousness is changing because the earth frequency is changing. And as the earth frequency goes up, we're sitting on earth. We've got no choice but to take our frequency up with it. Mm. And that's what will happen. And that's why people are waking up. It's not because we well, have these energies coming through, but a lot of it is related to the earth frequency. Mm. Listen, you know, if you're standing on a platform that's going up, a lift, you're going to have to go up with it. You've got no choice in the matter. And so yeah, that's what's that phrase, like all boats rise with the tide. Or, you know, there's some yeah, sort of well, phrase like the that. The thing is, not everybody's going to do it straight away. People are going to resist. Uh -huh. and, and, you know, even spiritual people that are getting tired and that, an element of their subconscious is resisting. Mm. And it's going to take a bit of time, but people are going to move up. And you just got, not everybody is the same, right? We're all unique. Some people are moving along the fast track. Some people are going to go slower, and that's okay. It's yeah. okay, and but it's just that it will take time, and it'll move through. And that's what you just, I just look at me supporting people and giving them the awareness. I mean, I have a lot of people come to me, and there's a lady that um, just comes through a program with me. She was a devout project manager, strictly by the board and all that, and she only came through because of a friend came through who was quite spiritual, a cousin of hers, and I persevered with her, and I said, look. I'm going to carry on because I know that we can make this. And, you know, I didn't charge her any extra or anything. And we, and she messaged me the other day and she goes, I've had the shift. She now knows what it means. And it was just so enlightening for me, oh, so rewarding for me to see these people suddenly mm. 
where they come from like i know it's going to take you a while because you're so focused and you're so pessimistic but yeah. part of you is deep down inside you saying i'm going to keep going i'm going to keep yeah. going yeah or it's or you know maybe even not the pessimist but more of the um this is just how i've been conditioned the environment that i've been brought up in and the society feed the societal feedback that i got you know that this was rewarded right and i can speak to that very um freely that you know what was rewarded in in my upbringing was hard work um climbing a corporate ladder you know work 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 to achieve your goals and the harder you work the more busy you are like the more important you must be and you know all of those false um just unrealistic expectations set upon myself that the masculine energy of production was was um, honored way more than you know the feminine intuitive capabilities. I've had to go through an, a complete untethering and an unraveling of those energies. And so for anybody who's in that same position of like, well, I have to have my corporate job or I have to be the project manager or I have to do it this way and in this box because that's what society has told me to do. I'm here to tell you that it's time to get out of the box. Yeah. And and I'm I'm getting out of the box. So um, you know, what great time to really reflect on that and reflect on your own life and then know that you have a great support system and a network of people like Mahesh to help provide insights or help you in your own um, regressions and understanding maybe past lives or why things are happening. Certainly he's been a huge, tremendous help for me in, in my journey. Um, and it's now my mission to help everybody listening to this have their own remembrance and use ritual and ceremony to help them untether themselves and get back to kind of their soul essence, why they're here. There's one other question that I had, um, which was, and, and it's a little, you know, we've gone so, so all over the map, which I love, um, but it's a personal question about you, which um, I think there might be some, some real beauty in listening to, but what was the event that was most memorable for you in your life? I mean, the spiritual, ex the experience I had with the tiger was extreme fear. So it was pretty full on in that experience and just sitting there in the tiger sort of with my eyes closed, but the tiger was like a meter and a half away from me. So that was pretty full on. There's so many experiences that I've had, like um, my girlfriend and I, we did a meditation and we've had past life connections and she's in the Netherlands and we were doing this online meditation together. And I see in a past life, we've done morphing. And I'm going, well, that's kind of crazy. And I said, let's give it a try. So I held my hand up to the screen and she held her hand up. And we're doing this meditation. And she felt her fingers disappear out of her hand. I felt fingers come out of my hand. It was crazy. It felt really real to both of us. And it's like, what the hell was that? So for me, I'm always exploring and going down a route of exploring, but it was kind of crazy. It was like, so there, there are all these things that happened in my life. I just wouldn't believe some of them. Right. You know, I came from a corporate background. I did maths and physics at university. For God's sakes, this is totally different to what I'm doing. <laughs> Qualified, you know, where I studied and all that. So, so, but just having that open mind and having these experiences and, and things like that. What what there's so many clients out there that I've had rewarding experiences has been really great, really amazing for me. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, my sister wouldn't be alive today if I hadn't helped her with my ability because she had cancer twice. First time was breast cancer. And I, when I, as soon as I got my ability, within the first month, I looked at her and thought, she's got cancer. She needs to go to the doctor and get a checkup. I didn't tell her what. And so she went and sure enough, she had cancer. And she said, did you know? And I said, yes. So I helped her through the process. She had, it was too late. We had an operation because it was when I first got my ability. Then three years later, she ended up with liver cancer and she rang me and she was distraught. And because mm -hmm. I, and I said, well, you need to do this, this, this. And, and so she went away and did it. And within four weeks, the cancer had disappeared. And so that was kind of neat for me to help her with that process. Mm. And, I, you know, I, I've seen so many things and so many instances where people just can't believe what's happened. And it's kind of hard to, to put a box. You can't put a box around it. Mm. Um, you know, and I remember I, I, well, I was in New Zealand in 2015 for a year. And um, I used to attend these things called psychic cafes where I was a, you know, visiting clairvoyant and you'd have a person sit in front of you, they had 15 minutes with you. And um, I did a, a, a girl sat in front of me and I looked at her and I said, um, okay, you smoke weed, you've got an abusive boyfriend and you're unemployed. And she goes, yeah. I said, okay, do you really want help? And she goes, yes, I do. I said, do you really, really want help? Be serious. Yes, I do. And I asked her a few times. I said, okay, you do this, this, and this. And then I sent her on her way. And this girl, now I didn't, I don't, I see so many people, I don't remember everybody. Mm. And she, this girl sat in front of me and I looked at her and I said, you've changed. And she smiled and I said, have I met you? And she goes, well, I said, have I met you? And then I said, all I said is you've changed. And she smiled. And I said, tell me what's happened. And, and she said, well, I met you two months ago. I, and you said X, Y, Z, and you told me to go and do Y, Z, and I've done it. I said, your life's changed. She goes, yes, it has. And you said to me, come back for my next step. I said, oh, I can't remember saying any of this, but I said, <laughs> okay, I know your next step. After a while, I worked out her next step. But, you know, she got rid of her beautiful boyfriend. She had a part-time job, and she'd given up weed within wow. two months. Wow. That, that is kind of cool to see that sort of change in a person. Well, and I think what I love about your work, Mahesh, is that it's so steeped in the spirituality part, but your ability to put it into, and maybe it's the Virgo part of you, like the step-by-step, -step, right? Like do this, this, and this, here's your protocol, come back to me, get the next step. That is so appreciated, I think, by our society, because we do, we're used to things being very formulaic. And that's what I think you've married so beautifully together is this formula which has like spirituality embedded in it, but it helps people kind of get over their mental hurdles of, well, I need, I need something to do. And then once you kind of progress, I think further down the rabbit hole of spirituality, you realize that really doing something is not doing anything at all. And it's the undoing and just the being that becomes even more important. But yeah, I, mean, I, have, share that a, I found that helpful. We, we have a mind, body and spirit. So using all three facets is really important. The mind, you know, I always look at it, I feel like I'm a bridge for people. One side, they've got this traditional world with all the constructs, helping them across, hand-holding them across to the other world side. But the other side, still, they still have their mind, but they've integrated spiritual, spirit, their spirit part. Of, it's all integrated. It's all meshed together. Mm -hmm. And when it's meshed together, I say you're in your heart center. I've done a holistic model that I, mind, body, and spirit, and then I overlaid the chakras on it. And... The fourth chakra is when everything is in the middle and it's in balance. And that's when I say you're in your heart. Mm. It's not having one or the other. We've focused so much on the mind 
Right. That, you know, that, and to me, that's where, you know, people, we're getting dementia and Alzheimer's and that because we've put so much focus on the mind, nothing on the spirit side. Right. So when spirit comes to leave at the end of its life, it's hard. So spirit says, I'm going to shut you down slowly. I'm going to shut that mind that you've created so powerful down. And that's what happens. And we end up mm -hmm. with conditions like that. Whoa. So these are sort of the things that I explain. I mean, my book talks a lot about the sort of things. And um, yeah, we are, that's why I wrote the book. We are our children. And I understood a lot of these things through, and I understand them through looking at clients and what's happening, what's going on. We so, are yeah. our children um, is Mahesh's book. And I'll, I'll uh, link to that in the show notes. So you guys yeah. can. It's on Amazon. It. So it's quite good. There's a few reviews here. I love it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I do want to share with the listeners today that, you know, if you are curious to maybe chat with Mahesh or have him kind of do some regression work or help you kind of unfold some layers and get some clarity on whatever um, situation that you're facing, specifically as we move into 2021, um, mm -hmm. he has generously offered uh, a discount to one of his sessions. And so if you um, contact him and go to his website and, and sign up for one and you put in the promo code return of ritual you will get a discount on your first session so thank you Mahesh for honoring that for the listeners uh, I can speak that from my own experience that Mahesh has been definitely a pillar in all of my very tangible spiritual experiences and definitely has provided that clarity and that step-by-step -step instruction that really just catered to my mind and allowed me to move through and and really develop and harness a lot of these uh, natural abilities so um, I definitely encourage you guys to get in touch with him if that's something that resonates with you uh, so we'll link to that in the show notes where you can contact him uh, Mahesh is there anything else kind of on your heart today that wants to come through I know our discussion has been very um, rich but is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners um, not really yeah I mean the biggest thing for anybody whether whether you come to me or go to somebody else just follow your heart just use your own guidance like some people come to me and say look I saw your picture you, I knew you were the person that I need to contact Sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes there's somebody else in your life or somebody you find somebody, just trust your own instinct, develop your own intuition. Trust mm -hmm. yourself. Doesn't always, logic doesn't always have, have a place. It just, once you start developing your intuition, you get better and better at it. And that's what I you know, recommend to anybody. Just find the person that resonates with you and go down that path and, and see what happens. And there are no mistakes. They're just opportunities for learning. And that's the way I look at life these days. Yeah. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and for being a part of my life. Mahesh, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. And so if anybody who is listening to this, if you haven't subscribed yet to the Return of Ritual podcast, be sure to do so so you can um, hear from when we release new episodes and make sure you leave us a comment or a five-star review. Um, we really would appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll speak with you guys next time.